<clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Welcome back to the Young Money Podcast with me and Vince. Diana Menez is here. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> yep, welcome back uh, again with Diana Menez. I'm Vince Galanco from WhenInManel.com. This is the Young Money Podcast. This is a podcast where we try to interview the, the most amazing people and ask them about their success stories and how you too could possibly be earning the money they are earning. Of course, success isn't just defined by money, but it would be nice if you didn't have to at least worry about that. So that's sort of the topic we sort of cover here. Uh, but just for a little background, Diana, in case people are wondering, you and I also have our little entrepreneurial yeah. journeys. Maybe you can share yours real briefly. Yeah, definitely. Because like probably people are going to be like, oh, why <clears throat> these this guys have this podcast talking about... I know, I know they can just teach us our guests are going to teach us, but also we have some piece of information to share because at least uh, personally speaking, you know, I started really from nothing. Like I had nothing. I really did everything that I, I know as of today by failing and by making mistakes as well. Uh, a lot of it. In fact, I even left my own home when I was 18 years old by myself. I took a plane. Uh, I didn't have money even for the flights, so I had to have a contract with an agency. So I really figured my my way out of my own home because I feel, especially for today's guest, I feel like this is a little connected to it because it's important for people to understand. And next time I'm going to get a little bit even more informed about leaving your hometown. It's a thing that is so important for young people to understand. When you expose yourself to different people, different cultures, different markets, different points of views and the way that they deal with life, you learn just a lot, a lot. Like there's so much to learn. Like what happened to me here was I come from Brazil. I know nothing. I didn't speak any English. I learned my English from the Filipinos. I moved out from Brazil and my dad was against it. My parents were not supporting me with that. Not, of course, if they weren't supporting me emotionally or mentally, how much more financially? Zero. So I really, really had to to find a way. And, you know, I did. So I feel like we are now in a position, well, now that we get more mature, that we can actually share our story and inspire more people who would love to get out of the shell. You know what I mean? And then just do more. So with me, well, obviously, for people that already know me, I went through the showbiz era and also this modeling era thing. And then I transitioned, you know, to, into like doing businesses and starting different things. And I feel like nowadays, like I always say, so many platforms that they can actually put their value on. So it's or you will have to, you know, literally just be a nurse, nothing against nurses. They're doing great. But you don't have to follow the exact thing that the, the traditional family wants you to do. Be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a, you know what I'm saying? Be a nurse. Do what your family wants you to do. No. Remember, the value is here. And you only you know what you want. And only you know how you can do it best. So I feel like we can inspire a lot of people with this podcast. And Vince is also, Talaga, you did it on your own, didn't Okay, We're here to talk. Uh, yeah, we have uh, very young as well. Uh, like you, parents weren't doing well, so I moved out. I think I was 16. Uh, hustler as well. So I just took the opportunities available for me, the best opportunities. One was which one was the military. So I joined the 
I was part of the U.S. Navy because that was the best oh. opportunity available to me at the time. Uh, the, I didn't know that. <laughs> for, oh yeah, I was part of the U.S. Navy for four years. After that, mm-hmm. um, fortunately, after you do it, and the reason I did that was because I couldn't afford school. I also mm-hmm. didn't appreciate school then, but then after the military, that's when I realized, hey, I, I think I should get education. Fortunately, mm-hmm. they pay for school after you join the military. Um, and from there, um, uh, tried a few businesses, but then the U.S. went into depression, so moved to the Philippines. And fortunately, blogging was just exploding then. That's where uh, a, f- a few of my ventures, one was which went in Manila, uh, fortunately did well. And from there, got mixed in with other entrepreneurial ventures, restaurants, stores, etc. So there's still always so much to learn. Yeah. So I th- that's where the concept of the story of this of this podcast came from, where I just want to learn more from other industry leaders, other people who have their own stories and their journeys. And I yeah. heard our guest today has a very very interesting journey. Maybe you could uh, intro her for us. Very very interesting. So she's actually a business strategist. She's an investor, inspirational speaker. She's the top eighty women to watch for. 2017 and she was also 30 under 30 influencer entrepreneur of 2016 wow she has a lot of achievements here uh at 25 25 she founded multiple international clothing brands and uh she also invested and consulted a few dozen businesses worldwide and one of the most in demand young inspirational speaker nowadays for us and also she's the first uh, Philippine business enterprise, uh, the youngest and only female speaker, by the way, uh, of the fir- at the first Philippine Business Enterprise Congress and Financial Congress of the Philippines, who also shared the stage with international stars as well um, in Australia and in New Zealand. So, sovereign prestigious Aten to have her here as our second guest of our podcast, who can inspire a lot more other Filipinas. She also she also was featured on ABS-CBN's MMK because of her story, which is amazing. Cause she's, she actually, uh, see her, she can say, I met her, I'm gonna introduce her full name in a while. I met her through a very kind um, attitude that she had towards me when I was looking for someone who could dress me up for a shoot. And I found her brand to be perfect for it. And without any hesitation, she just said yes to it and went there. Like, Shayung owner, parang, she went to my shoot, she dressed me up. I was like, wow. Yan yung nagagawa talaga when you're hands-on in your business and you know that you are the boss and you're successful. So let's all welcome here on the show, Hershey Hilado, one of the most undaunted Filipino-Australian entrepreneur that exists today. Welcome to the show. Now, thanks so much for having me, guys. I was just, my ears are getting hotter with the, that intro. <laughs> <laughs> And now we can say I didn't, I didn't even say everything. There's a lot. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. Um, Hershey, now that you're here, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what you have been doing, what's been keeping you busy, and, and yeah, just a little bit more about yourself. Well, um, I think that one of the things that really um, made me different, and I think why this my story re- really resonated with a lot of Filipinos is like the way I started. You know, I'm. I'm a high school dropout. I didn't finish high school. I used to Same be here. homeless here in the Philippines. Uh, oh, I used wow. to, I lived there. Uh, City Circle. I'm sure you know where that is. I used to live there for two years, homeless. And um, I started working since I was 14 years old. So I was like hustling on the street. I was, I, I got involved in so many things. And, you know, I went through a lot of mistakes. And um, 
by the age of um, 14, uh, my mom sold me into a fixed marriage. Um, I was really, really young then. Um, so I escaped that. Cut the long story short. I'm sure people can, can watch the whole story on MMK. But cut the long story short, I escaped that. And then that's how I came to Manila with 2,000 peso in my pocket. And that's how I became homeless. And then I had, you know, seven siblings. And I raised them all. Uh, we're all from different dads. I only have one full blood brother. And then when I was 18, I moved to Australia. I married an Australian. I worked there and I mopped the floors in, in McDonald's. That's my first job there. And from there, I was, I was putting my, my uh, brother to school. Uh, he finished as a nurse and I was putting everyone to school. And then I, I realized myself, you know, like um, everything, everything that happened to me back home, like there, there must be a much bigger purpose than just working for someone, you know, nine till five and providing for my family, you know, like I'm, I'm so busy giving away so much of what I have. And, you know, there's nothing else that fulfills me and that makes me feel excited other than just being a provider. And that's when I, that's when, that's when I really started with business, you know, like I wanted to, I wanted to provide for my family and that financial freedom. So I started my first business when I was 19 and um, ever since I've been, you know, I've, I've, 18 and then sorry and then 19 you started your first business yeah 19 <laughs> yeah yeah so i started my first uh e-commerce business at 19 but before that i was doing a lot of like uh shifty stuff yeah i, I was uh, i was selling like unlegit goods on ebay and i was making money on that and then I, and then they shut me down they blocked me and then i thought to myself you know what i need to i need to take this seriously i think i've got i've got the the knack for building a business so that's when I first started my first um, fashion e-commerce business at 19. I feel like a lot of people are like that, where they might have the entrepreneurial spirit and the entrepreneur, the hustle. But when they're yeah. young and they don't have a lot of good role models, they end up selling fake goods or just whatever they can hustle. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I feel like that's I, a lot. So many entrepreneurs or just people I talk to who didn't have like me, who didn't have a role model. Uh, we end up doing stupid, crazy things. But fortunately, <laughs> I, I think you learn from it. And like how you talk about McDonald's, my first job was Burger King. So there you go. <laughs> and, and wow, crazy! You wow, you got. I didn't know that was a thing in the Philippines uh, being sold into a marriage. It is. It is. <laughs> like it, it's it's a crazy story. And I mean, like we could talk about it for hours. But like I think for me, it's um, it's such a. Uh, it, it was it was one of those things that really changed me. Um, and as much as it was really, really bad, like what happened to me, like being sold into a marriage that I didn't want, that my parent, my own mother faked my own birth certificate so I can get married at that time I was 16, but then I had a fake birth certificate to get married at 18. So, you know, it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not something that, um, you know, it's a secret, you know, everyone, everyone knows that. And the thing is like, nobody talks about it here. It's crazy. And I've heard and seen so many stories about that because unfortunately, that's what our parents knew. As long as there's money, there's money flowing in and there's food on the table, that's all that matters. But like selling your own children for money, that's, that's not something that's new in the Philippines. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing just like Vince. I didn't know that, you know, I know about your story, but I just didn't know it was actually a common thing to happen for Filipinos. And I feel like we have to, well, we were talking about off camera, we were talking about how to upgrade the mentality of a lot of things that have been happening here and how people are 
we call it crab mentality, but it's not really crab mentality. Mm. It's just really like, like I said in the beginning of the show, if you don't expose yourself to different cultures and how people think differently, how they execute faster and more efficient, then we're just going to stay stagnant the way we are at yes. certain things here. No, but not naman lahat. I can't generalize everything, but you know, it's just really something that I hope that with what we are doing here, we can influence more Filipinos and the next generation to be better because we just have to be better and better and better. Viz, I know that she her story is so interesting. There's just so much we can ask her about, about her yeah, but, uh, starting from being homeless to, to becoming a very successful entrepreneur and like, yeah, go ahead, Vince. Yeah, I didn't want to jump into something else right away. I, I want to at yeah. least close out this because I feel like it's such a heavy, big thing for yeah, our listeners, yeah. especially if they've never heard this story. So just um, maybe you could just give us a quick, how did you eventually overcome that tough part of your life? Before we talk about the businesses you're doing yeah, now, I yeah. just like to give a little, you know, for our listeners, a little close, because even me, it's like, oh my God, that's so heavy. That's, yeah. I wasn't expecting that today. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what it is? You know, I, um, I think the number one thing that really helped me through it, because I was suicidal. Like, I was just a kid. You know, I was a yeah. kid with no support, and I didn't know what to do. I was uneducated. I absolutely no support. So I think that the number one thing that really helped me through that rough patch in my life was personal accountability. You know, like you can't control the way people, what people do to you, but you can control how you deal with it. And for me, I, that was the only choice I've got. You know, if I give up now, my siblings will die. Nobody's going to feed them. Nobody's going to put them to school. So I think personal accountability and then a sense of like having the sense of responsibility is what really made me survive that because that was the only choice I've got. I, I wasn't even crying at that time, you know? I was, I didn't have time to cry. I didn't have any time to feel sorry for myself because if, if I give up, this children is gonna die. So I took responsibility of my own trauma because some people would just say, oh no, my mom fucked me up. So I, I'm, 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 just gonna, I'm just gonna be a bum and waste my life, the rest of my life. I'm useless now anyway, so why, why make an effort? I think that's the easy route. But that's self-sabotage because like you've, you've already given away your power. You know, you know what I mean? Like you have no power over what people do to you. But, but moving forward, you have all of the choices, all of the opportunities ahead of you if you become bigger than your problems. Wow. Look at that. That's okay. very, very inspiring. Yeah. Thank you for that. I feel like a lot of people needed to hear that because even me, yeah. I feel like I don't know. I don't know how I would have. I mean, I feel like you're so strong and that's really, that's really great. I feel like you pull people up with that type of courage, the type of strength. So thank you for that. Uh, so, so, so with that, now I guess we can talk about uh, the, 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 the gist of the show, which is, yeah, I know, right? I, or we just end the show on that, on that high note. Like, okay, I feel inspired now. We're good. I don't know, like we need more time with her. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens to our guests, it seems like. we 40 minutes is not enough. Need help on your shopping decisions? I'm here to help you shop smart so you'll just add to cart. I'm Yas Neri Soyao. Listen to Before You Buy, a working girl's guide to shopping. Success isn't just about money, but yeah. at least we want for our viewers, it, it would be nice if they didn't have to worry about that. If you didn't have to, you know, it is a part of life. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, there are many, many other ways to be successful. There are many, many other ways to be happy. But just for us, we'd like to discuss, you know, financial aspects. Like, what did you do that has gotten you to where you are? Uh, and what are you currently doing so that you can be financially stable at least, if not successful? So please, um, what are you currently doing? What are some of your bigger ventures at the moment? Yeah. So um, at the moment, I'm really um, hands-on with both of my businesses. So I've got Revamp, which is a streetwear brand, and we sell internationally. Um, and then I've got the apparel manufacturing businesses uh, business, which is called Pred House. We manufacture for uh, brands in Australia, US, Europe, and even local brands as well. Um, so that's really the bigger part of the business. The, the funny thing is like the manufacturing business was somewhat accidental because I came back to the Philippines four years ago to um, kind of just, you know, reinvent myself and then find a manufacturer here for my brand in Australia. And what happened was I was like really frustrated with other factories here where they don't want to work with startups because obviously startups don't really have the money. Um, so I'm looking to work with, you know, manufacturers with you know, low MOQ and stuff. And that's where the frustration really came from. And I decided to just, you know, if I can't work with anyone that is willing to support my business and my vision, then I'm just going to fucking build one. You know what I mean? So nice. I did. And that I was, uh, <laughs> so that was uh, four years ago. I started with, uh, with one machine. Now we have our own office here in Lipa. We have our own internal team. And then we also work with other factories here in the Philippines with like over 300 plus staff because um, we service a lot of like major brands um, in Australia now and then in the US. Amazing. Wow. I told you, Vince, hindi kita papahiya dito sa guest natin. <laughs> <laughs> achievements that people can get inspired. You know, like, oh my God, like super, like actually what you mentioned about, I started my own uh, swimwear company before and I had the same difficult time, but I'm not as, I'm not as strong as you. <laughs> or I wasn't okay. I'm getting there, so I quit because I, I had I was having a hard time. Like I didn't. I yeah. Like when I was a startup, even though I I had other things I was doing at the same time. But I can totally relate to what you're saying, and I'm glad that I know you now because now I know who to look for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so well. so so with hearing about that for listeners out there. If they want to do something similar, let's say they're 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 into fashion. Let's say Diana wants to put up again her yeah, swimsuit brand think. again, or just just they want to go into fashion. How do you start? Yeah. Okay. I think one one thing that I you know this is one thing that they don't learn from any gurus online because when people think of business, they think about money straight away, money for capital, mm -hmm. and how much money can I make which is so fucking wrong. You know, like one of the, I think one of the most, you know, successful people I know, they never chase the money. They're the visionary. Like they have a very compelling vision on where they want to take the business and their why is like huge. Like with startups, the reason why 80% of the startups fail is because they don't have a, a vision that is that compels them to move forward when things get hard because money is easy to find. That's the thing. If you can sell that vision for what you're starting, it's it's not hard to find investors. It really doesn't. And I can honestly say this after being in business for like, you know, 10, 15 years, yeah? I think that people need to start with um, understanding um, with their market, who they want to sell, you know? Like find a product that, you know, that has a demand for it. Because sometimes, because it's it's like, I go so much franchise, I'm sure my, like, there you go, 150,000. They would, 200,000, 200, they'll just give. And it's like, what the fuck are you thinking? It's just like, mm -hmm. is there a real demand for it? Like what makes that franchise or that product unique that people would buy it? Do you know what I mean? So I think 
people sometimes, entrepreneurial people can sometimes get blinded by their own perception of reality and that they forget that the reality is when you build a business, you got to make sure that, you know, you follow the procedure, you know, you have the right product, you have a market to sell it to, and you have somewhat, you know, a financial uh, literacy to to know your numbers and, and get started. So I guess, you know, like when I started my business, I had no capital, man. Like really, oh. I was my, I was, voila, voila. So when I got, I got to, so just to give you guys a background, and I know people think that, when I started my business, I have like thousands of dollars of funds and that, voila, as in zero. So when I first started uh, my first brand, um, Australia, I was my own photographer. So I would put my, my camera in front of me. I would put it on timer. I would run. I, I was my own hairdresser, makeup artist model. I would run 10 seconds post. I also edited my own images. I built my own fucking website. And, you know, it's... I so we're doing TikTok before TikTok. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, because say, um, obviously I didn't go to school yet. So I had, when I was working in McDonald's, I saved $4,000. And then your $4,000, I paid it to the web developer to build my website, my e-commerce website. And he never finished it. So I got scammed. Oh, wow. So I got, I, I'm down into my last $50. It's like, what can I do with this? You know, I, I need to do this. It's like, so I jumped into online and I studied HTML coding for $50. So I bought a, a course and then I studied it for 24 hours and then I built my own website from there. So I only had $50. When I left Melbourne and then I moved to Sydney, uh, I had no money. Because I only had $200 enough for gas to drive from Melbourne to Sydney for 11 hours straight. That was the last money I've got. So I was sleeping at my friend's um, couch for like you know, two months, I think. And then um, I, and she happens to own, to work with factories in China, the manufacturers for clothing. So I mm-hmm. asked her like, hey, you know, I have no money, but I will make it up to you. I'm going to find a job and I'm, I'm going to pay you back. Can you please make this sample, one sample, one sample of the dress and, you know, I'll, I'll make it work. So she did it. After two weeks, the sample came back. I did the same thing. I modeled makeup. I'm my own photographer. I put it up on my website and I put it on pre-order, meaning I don't have the stock yet. So mm-hmm. I'm going to use other people's money to find, to um, give me capital to start my own business. So I put it on pre-order. So, um, so you were doing then... Kickstarter before Kickstarter. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So And then what happened was um, I didn't know at that time, like Instagram was pretty new. And then there's this blogger in the US. Uh, her name is like Amrezi, I think. At that time, she had like 1.2 million followers. And I didn't know who she was because she legit purchased a clothes on my online store. So she purchased like a crop top and then a skirt. And then I shifted it to, to the US and that. And then when she posted it, she tagged me and then put my online store at the bottom. So that pre-order dress that I put on my website that I personally designed, that one dress, it's, uh, that night I made $12,000. And that $12,000, that's what built everything that I've got now. And that wasn't even my money because I don't have an inventory at that time. That, <laughs> that clothing is still yet to be manufactured. So customers had to wait for two weeks, but they already paid me. So I used that money to fund my manufacturing. So it's funny. Oh my did, God. Did you ever um, meet that influencer? No. 
na. Oh, really? Oh, you should try to reach out. Yeah, I, I did. I did. But, you know, I can only imagine, like, how many how many oh, people yeah. um, on her DMs. But, you know, I, I always, like, I'm really grateful for her. Like, she she re- literally changed my life there. That's and she awesome. didn't even know, diba? That's amazing. That's such yeah. a blessing. Wow. Yeah, we all have instances where some people come as angels to our life. And then they just yeah. open so- that door. So yeah, I guess that's a great tip for people out there without the capital is that that is another way to start entrepreneurially is the, the Kickstarter technique or the pre-sales technique. Yeah, I think it's, I think the most important part of it is just like, it's not really about the money, it's about being uh, resourceful. Because nowadays, like you can partner up with people, you can collab with people. And mm-hmm. I think that um, people also forget that I've seen a lot of people that want to collab with other brands that they just want to get, get, get. I think like what value can you add on the table? So I think when starting a business, I think it's important to to see what you have first and what can you do with it and uh, run with it rather than just, you know what, ask for money for, like from your parents or raise money. Like how can you, like as an investor, I'm not going to invest on an idea with no proven value. Mm-hmm. So I think the most important part for startups is um, look at the skill set that you've got. And if you don't have the skill set necessary to build that you know, specific business, learn it. Like internet is free nowadays, you know, almost free. So you can learn anything online. Like for me, I became a web developer overnight. You know, I have paid 50 bucks and I I sent one of my siblings to school to study that for two years, you know? So I think it's just, if, if there's a will, there's a way. There's a will, there's a way. Uh, So have you been doing uh, clothing uh, uh, since that time? You've just been on this entrepreneurial route. Yeah, so I've uh, I've always been in e-commerce fashion. I'm really passionate about it, but I've I've also been involved in other few businesses. I advised a few businesses as well, not just in e-commerce, but um, you know other businesses like you know uh, painting wallpapers and stuff like that. So I've been involved in a few businesses aside from fashion, e-commerce, and manufacturing. Okay, and locally, with the love, for, forgive the ignorance. I know nothing of fashion. I, I wear a t-shirt yeah. and jeans every day, uh, yeah. with no brands. So locally, um, is I know you do international, but locally, would people also know your brand here? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I always promote Revamp as a Filipino-owned brand. I think one of the things that I really wanted to change when I came here is ang perception kasi ng Pinoy. When you say Filipino-owned, Filipino-based, like low quality, and I'm like, that's bullshit. Like we yeah. can do better than this, you know. So that's one one of the things that I was really critical about um, Revamp. You know, I want to make sure that we're creating like really great products that we could. You know, we could we could take internationally when they say, you know, and actually this is made in the Philippines and you know all of that. I, I take pride in where I came from. I was gonna and say I that Dapat take pride. Dapat. Yes. Yes, it's sad, man, because I in Australia and I'm sure same in the US, most people um would buy locally made products. They appreciate yeah. it, they see the value yeah. in it. I'm like when I came back here, it's like how come like people, you know, people would support international brands like Zara and Mango more than their own? And and mm-hmm. I think that there's so much talent and creative and, and skill set in the Philippines that we are not maximizing just because that we're so caught up with the socialism, with the, you know, looking good and, and all of that stuff. It's just all yeah. fakery, you know. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I feel uh, there's a lot that we can we can influence people to to start accepting themselves a little bit better and loving themselves before they start looking for 
what is the quality and what is the love they're looking elsewhere because it starts yeah. here and and i think that's what is lacking a little bit so hopefully we'll be able to influence a lot of people i got this uh, phrase from you from an interview that i watched uh, about you and you said there's no adversity that is impossible to overcome i found that so powerful Okay, so we've heard how you got started. Um, so people out there, I, I think listeners, I think for you, I feel like it really just started with that hustle, with that drive. So let's say they 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 do have that hustle, they do have the drive. Um, what are the concrete steps you recommend now? Um, do you recommend them going uh, Lazada? Do you recommend them going on, create their own website? Do you recommend, what would be a concrete first few steps other than having that drive now? I think like for the Philippines specifically, I think it's best if they uh, work with marketplaces like Lazada and Shopee because they can they can just buy a small stock of inventory from a wholesaler and then put it on Lazada and Shopee. And that's not going to cost a lot of money. I think that's the best way of um, getting your product market fit instead of like going full on and spend on your inventory and stuff. But just make sure that that product is just do your due diligence. Make sure that, you know, other sellers are not selling it and stuff. But the best way to um, get your product tested is to do it on marketplaces and Lazada, like Lazada, because they already have the data for it. Yeah. So I, I would I would always push people Ta-da. to do that first. <laughs> yeah. You guys know. <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is Roy Segalar from the research department at First Metro Securities and host of the Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast featuring timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and economy in the hope of providing investing and trading guidance to Filipinos. New episodes every Tuesday and as always, your future first. Yes, so uh, the suggestion is nowadays, uh, if you have a product you think you can sell, you can test it out on markets like Lazada and Shopee. Well, for clothing, what would you recommend is a good, a rough good capital to start with that uh one and two what if you don't have capital yeah so i think for uh clothing if you're gonna start with lazada or shopee that 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 type of platforms i think just make again like design is design is what makes your brand really different as well um i guess like if you're not creative work with a local creative like an artist or a fashion illustrator um because you can't be you can't do everything so i think first of all is knowing your strengths and your weaknesses um because there's so many things in lazada like you can pretty much buy everything there right so i think if you're going to start with let's just say let's pretend a t-shirt business selling you know unique prints from uh, local artists that you collaborated with i think that if you just buy uh i mean like Fruit of the Looms or Gildan t-shirts instead of manufacturing your own t-shirts. It's much easier to do that that way. I always advise people to do that. So it's like, you, you know, the Gildan t-shirt will be like 150 and then you work with a screen printer. I guess you can start with like 20K safely and then launch your own brand there. And what you can also do is like if you can start drafting the design in the t-shirt, post all of the design you have in Lazada and you can put it on pre-order. Like when someone orders it, that's when you buy the inventory and that's when you have it screen printed or heat pressed. At least you're not sitting with a thousand pesos worth of inventory. I mean, I, I, even in my business, I, I do that. You know, we, we have a design, a T-shirt, and then we put the design in it. We put it on our website and we see which styles are moving. And so once we see that it's moving, then we, we, manufacturing more, we manufacture more of those. For styles that doesn't move, we take it off the inventory and then we just redesign. So that's the best way of doing it. Um, so, so you can do pre-orders on Lazada and Shopee nowadays? 
I think I'm pretty sure you can, but the thing is like it's pretty quick because if you have the stocks of like t-shirts lang and then if you invest in let's say a vinyl cutter and then parang heat press mo lang siya kasi ang screen printer kasi it takes time to dry it. But then with um vinyl heat press, you cut it and then you press it and done. So you can basically ship the products the same day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Learning okay. a lot. Yeah. That that might be the next level though, but but for if they were to invest in those printers, those vinyl printers you're talking about, what would the investment be then? Mura lang, kasi ang um ang silhouette, ang cameo uh, silhouette is like 14k, and then yung vinyls mo naman you can buy that in buy per yard, and then ang per yard yun is 120 lang eh. So it's like it's nothing. And sorry man. for 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 an ignoramus like me, what? Yeah. What are those? <laughs> what what uh, so, is the silhouette? What is the what are those? <laughs> yeah, so basically all you need is like if you can start a business like this, you, obviously you need a computer. Um okay. the Kameo silhouette that I was talking about, it's like a a, a a computer cutter that that cuts the design that you laid out on the computer and cuts it on you know yung cutter. Basically, kung ano yung design mo dun sa computer mo, ikakat niya dun sa sheet of vinyl. So you, once the cutter cuts it, you transfer and then you transfer into a T-shirt. Heat press mo yon. A heat press would only cost about 12,000 uh, 12, pesos. Heat press mo yon, done. So you basically need money on a, a startup inventory for the blank T-shirts. Let's just say 5,000 pesos. Okay na yon. Like get all of the sizes and basic colors. And then bumili ka ng Kameo Silhouette uh, Gen 4. Um, that's about, I think, 14K ba or 18K. Di ko alam, but I would always, you know, encourage people to buy it secondhand. You don't need to buy it, you know, brand new. There's a lot of secondhand to Facebook Marketplace. And then buy a heat press, same thing. You can get a heat press secondhand for 6K. And then, um, yun lang. That's basically all you need. Like, people just overcomplicate this stuff. I love how you make it sound so, so easy. It's almost like, I feel like I can do it. <laughs> like I had no clue what those terms were and now I feel like I can do it. Diana, you need to start your swimsuit business again. I, I should be your I first model, okay? Actually, I'm just waiting for uh, you guys. Well, Vince has met my boyfriend already, but I'm waiting for him to, I'm waiting for the country to open. And when he's back, he is a genius in terms of styling. I don't know what that, that man is like, oh my God, like he can style, like when I don't know what to wear, this is what you put together and whatever. What's the zodiac I'm... sign? He's a Pisces, yeah? <laughs> uh, he's a Gemini. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah, actually, Gemini can be creative. Yeah, we're both Gemini. So, so when, once the, the Philippines is open for foreigners to come in as tourists, yeah. then we will definitely contact you, which, in fact, before, prior to this podcast even happening, I sent your profile already to him and I said, I know you want to do your own brand. So this is where you go. Sabiko, there's a Filipino, yeah, there's a Filipino manufacturer. It's really good, really good. And I I personally know that it's good because I wore it. I used it on my shoe. Thank you very much for doing that for me. You're welcome. Very, very kind. Vince, imagine mo, siya yung may ari. Siya mismo pumunta sa shoot ko. She dressed me with... Uh, a customized, a custom-made uh, outfit from her brand, yeah. like super that, prestigious for me. Nah. Do you Thank do you. men's clothing in case I ever it's, need a? It so. is. It's um. It's unisex. Most of our stuff is actually uh unisex on revamp. So <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to get to the gist of our show, which is our main question: Show me the money. Uh, so tell me, <laughs> as a as a new person in this industry, 
Yeah. What type of, you know, what type of earnings, what type of money can they earn from this? And as a top, like if they make it to the top, top, top-ish, like how high does the money get? Can you give us some figures on that? Um, for me, it definitely doesn't ha happen overnight. Um, so now, like if we're talking about figures now, I've collectively, I probably made uh, eight figures already. Um, it's going to be a hard Pesos. grind. Eight no. figures pesos. No. Okay. Okay. Trying the voice. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, it's um, it's funny because I don't think about it. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, it's not my money; it's the business money. I guess like you get paid what you what kind of value you put out to the marketplace. Yeah. But um, it was a long, hard grind for me, man. It's like I'm in I'm in this now for 13 years, and like every time I say this stuff. I always like say it, don't expect to be successful within five years or eight years. It's just, it took me more than 10 years. Like I, I would have consistently five years. I would look at my bank account and it would like 0.02 cents, 0. fucking 10 cents consistently for five years. And I was eating freaking baked beans and yun lang. But that, like imagine being in that space for five years. It's like everyone gave up on you. Your, your, your partner, your parents, your friends, you will get to that point that nobody will stop, like everybody will stop believing in you. That's why I, I always make sure that when I give adv advice, I don't say like, you're going to get rich from this. No, that's not the point. I think that, okay. yeah, like you become better as a person in general. For, for beginners though, for if I'm just going to start out, what expectations can I have financially? Like just, just on one item, like, how much can I buy a blank T-shirt for after I screen print or whatever it is? How much can I sell it for? And roughly in a month, what is a rough, reasonable earning I can expect? And in a year, maybe like what what can be my annual income for someone who's just starting out? Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use one of my clients as like a case study here, so it's a bit more realistic. You know, okay. she's done really well in terms of her branding and stuff. And just to give you an idea, she orders like half a million worth of T-shirts from us every month. And the markup for that is, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, numbers-wise, let's just say her cogs, including the T-shirt and then the print, the packaging, branding, whatever. Let's close it at 450. She sells the shirts for like 900. So if she's selling, like if she's, you know, making 80, 90% markup on those clothes, you know, that's how, that's how much she makes just on t-shirts alone. Deeper they included your manga sweaters and stuff. So you can like the, the amount of money you can make is infinite. Uh, but ultimately the product is I one thing. It. You have to be really, really great at branding as well. So for her, Siguro, she makes about one to 3 million a month. Easy. Peso. Wow. Those are great, so great figures. You know what to do now and you know who to look for. <laughs> and, and I think this is a perfect time, Diana, for you to give us a little summary and, and yeah. maybe the last question. Definitely. So, the, the, uh, Diana, I don't know why she takes notes, but it's just inspiring to me. So I'm like, oh, why because not? I watch, like, all I do nowadays is like, I when we don't have tapings, uh, fortunately, this week I have tapings until Saturday. So today is the only day that I'm, I'm available for the podcast. But the days that I'm home, I notice that all the best podcasts that I watch and the things that I learn from, the hosts are taking notes. So yeah. I, I, I noticed that. And then I was like, okay, if I'm going to have a podcast, I'm going to have to take this extremely seriously and, and, you know, I'll have to do it. So I did take my notes. Yes, I did. I love it. I love it. 
I, I love it because it's just so inspiring to me how from coming from the Philippines when on a fixed marriage from her mom, she ran away, right? And then at 18 years old, she met, she met someone else in Australia, right? And then at 19, she started her e-commerce business. Like, how do you even do that? That's amazing. Like 19 years old and then, you know, it's a lot of experience as well. And um, I feel like, I don't know, like to summarize everything about her, I would need one episode. <laughs> Oh, no, no, just, just like maybe the bullet points of the oh, key man. the key points for for our listeners just to I, remind them yeah I'll, financially I'll, I'll, business-wise i'll throw it out some lessons that we we got from this there very short time that we had with hershey but so one is always be resourceful no know your strength and your weakness uh actually weaknesses no and strengths all and also if there's a will there's a way uh, I also like I see that she always says she said these things that she quoted in a in an interview of her that I watch aside from also if people would like to check her MMK that would be very inspiring so that you guys know that if you feel like discouraged to do something please watch that because then you will know nothing is impossible also like she says she was the most rebellious kid ever <laughs> I heard that I interview yeah so I I feel like you know, lahat ng tao may pag-asa. You guys don't have to feel like that it's not possible to do it. Like with Hershey stories here, um, there's so much we can learn from. I wish we had more time with her. Like, let's do like Hershey. <laughs> you know, use anything that happened to us to just motivate us to be as successful as she is now. So thank you, Hershey. Grabe talaga. Like, I wish we can talk more with Hershey some next time. Yeah. Hershey, what can you tell people that are young and they don't have their money yet, but they want to make a lot of money and they probably are still lost in the uh, silver line of like, do I go for the money because I need to feed my family or do I go for my passion? So, so what do you suggest for the young people who they are striving to make a career, but at the same time, they also have necessities that they have to attend to? So what is yeah. the what is the balance between both, and then how do you get that young money? Um, I would never advise people to just quit their job because I know um, most of Filipino millennials do have responsibility responsibilities. May mga pinapaaral, and then they support their parents. <laughs> In the beginning of my career, is I was working, and then I was building my business at the same time. You have twenty four hours a day, so if you work eight hours for someone to pay the bills and everything, you still have so many hours after. Um, one of the things that I really done well when I was younger is I didn't waste time. So keep a job that would still allow you to pay your bills. Because um, sometimes uh, when people uh, have a job, they, they just do enough to get them from being fired. And that's wrong because you're also working to build someone's business and someone's vision. I think work with someone with all of your best, you know, get promoted, um, do the, the best that you can every day. You know, people will see that. Um, and then, you know, pay your bills. But when you get home, make sure that you put two, five hours a day in building your own business. There's like, there's nothing that stops you from doing that. So when people say to me, like, I can't do it because I've got a full-time job. Mm. I did that. I did that for freaking six years. I was working 12 hour shift as a security guard in Australia and I was building my e-commerce business on the side. So 
it's just an excuse, really. So my advice is keep a job. Yeah, keep a job. Um, so then you don't have to be stressed about uh, your bills and stuff. Put a saving on the side, savings on the side, and at the same time, while you're while you're studying and while you're building your business, make sure that you're actually learning an extra skill set. I'm talking about like even Photoshop, uh, how to edit stuff, like learn a hard skill set that you can use in building that business. Not just reading books, but you also need the skill set aside from the mindset. I, nice. I think that's a great last piece of advice. Yeah, uh, keep keep that day job, uh, but hustle on the off peak yeah. hours. I, and I, I actually, our previous guest said something very similar. But they, oh my God, thank you so much for that. Both your drive, well, everything, your drive, your story, uh, your tips—they've all been so useful to me. Uh, hopefully, to our listeners as well. But yeah. it, it makes me almost feel like, oh my God, I feel like I can, I can start a, a clothing business as well. <laughs> So thank Actually, you so much no, for that. She makes us feel that feel that way, you know. Exactly, it makes you feel like everything's easy the way you talk about it. Like I, I didn't even know what these terms were, and now I feel like I could I could take over the, you know, the fashion world. <laughs> <laughs> With t-shirts. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I'll also try. I'll also reach out to you soon. Uh, possibly do a feature of you on When in Manila as well, just because your story is so amazing, and possibly have you as a guest again in the future. But Really appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you for the last piece of advice. Thank you for being on our show and hoping you all the best as well in the future. Thanks, man. Uh, it's it's amazing. And uh, I haven't done this for a while because of the pandemic. Yeah. So it, it's been amazing to reach out to the community and hopefully like my story and what we're doing here could really support other Filipino entrepreneurs. Like we need more of these. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I so, totally love what you said. Oh my God. Thank you, Hershey. Thank you so much for Thank you guys. Here. Thank you. Thank you. So there you go. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is this was the Young Money Podcast with me, Vince Galanco of WhenInManil.com, along with Diana Meneses, and of course our wonderful, inspiring guest Hershey here with us today. Oh, by the way, uh, before we go, if they want to find out more about you or check your yeah. clothes and buy some, etc., how can they reach out? Yeah, so um, they can reach out on uh, Instagram. We're we're more uh, in, like we're more active on Instagram. So Revamp is my streetwear clothing brand. I'd love for other Filipinos to support it as well. So it's rvmp.est.2016, and they can also follow me on Instagram. It's Hershey underscore official. All right. So there you go. Anyway, thank, thank you. you again. Thanks, guys. From, from thank me and Diana, we'll see you guys next time. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.